1970s, relations between the Soviet Union and the United States were quickly deteriorating. Both the CIA and KGB were engaged in a fierce intelligence arms race. While the U.S. felt confident in its technological superiority, reports began to come in that perhaps the Soviets were developing intelligence-gathering methods based around more paranormal techniques. The CIA immediately took the initiative to try and assess the operational value of different types of psychic abilities. Acquiring government funding for almost a decade, the CIA laid the groundwork for similar projects to be developed by the U.S. Army and Air Force. The project culminated in a United States airman seemingly able to locate a downed Russian spy plane that crashed into the thick jungles of the Central African Republic. Satellite imaging had failed to locate the aircraft, but the young volunteer reportedly was able to provide sets of coordinates that led a recovery team directly to the crash site. This case file joined the theorists as they stumbled through the doors of extrasensory perception for a little bit of... remote viewing. Welcome to Alien Theorist Theorizing Case File 226 Remote Viewing. I'm Braden. Wrong, you're Dragon. If I think. You're fucked up already, dude. I think deeply, I believe my name is Zell. I'm Dan. And I'm Andrew. What's going on? This I'm, is the last podcast. If you're hey, listening listen. to this podcast live, we're not in Texas, but if you're listening to it on a Friday, we're we in Austin, there. Texas. We're probably knee deep in some trouble. Yeah. <laughs> barbecue sauce. We will not be, though, climbing on any buildings late Slathering night. Slathering in barbecue sauce. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Listen, the shenanigans need to be at an all-time low, boys. I don't want to get fucking shot. Yeah. I is don't. it an open carry state? It's, yeah. I, I believe uh, it is. Pretty sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, if there's any um, place that's open carry, it's got to be Texas. I asked a few right? and they said it, it's open carry except for, you know, it uh, depends on the business and government buildings or not. Mm. Yeah, so we're going to avoid all fucking, like, clock towers. Can't be doing any of that. Mm. Anytime you see a tumbleweed, we got to fuck off. I can run the risk, boys. Mm, it's going to be yeah. fun. But we said... Just stay off the streets at high noon. Just don't. <laughs> just stay out. Do, 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 do. Stay, <sighs> stay indoors. <laughs> but we said the next time we took a trip is when we would do a case file on remote viewing. Everyone's yeah. favorite, wah, 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 wah. favorite, What I guess, what do you call it? A psycho, psycho investigation technique. It's, <laughs> tell, well, tell and it. it's interesting because <laughs> we've wanted to do this with a trip and we haven't been able to for so long because we always thought that we could do that, try to make some predictions to a place we've never been. And then we're going to be there so we can see if any of our, Conscious projections come true. How, um, how powerful are our brains? Exactly. Um, do you guys want to... I I have a random card generator. I thought we could start it off just for some fun. Of, I've got a couple, but we'll, maybe we'll, I'll pull them up throughout the show to break it up a little bit. Uh, but we can do some psychic guesses. So I have a, I have a random card generator. <laughs> okay. Uh, Zell, I'll start with you. Wait, wait, wait. Before you start, I need... I th- took some notes on remote viewing... 
So I need to, I need to get in the zone here. Yeah. I need to get in the zone. And as you're getting in the zone, I'll just let you know right now that I, I can see the card on my second screen here and I am projecting the image of the card to you right now. I'm with everything. I'm focusing on the card. Okay, I'm okay. going to make Mr. X over here. I'm going to make my mind an empty rice bowl. I'm going to quiet my imagination, and I'm going to remote view the target. So, you want me to guess? Is it my turn to guess? I'm guessing first. Yeah, it's your it's your turn first. I sense a low card, red card, a th three. Oh, Holy shit. <laughs> Are you kidding Holy me? Shit. I'm powerful. Three hearts. Bro. Zalarius. That's unbelievable. I'm powerful. I, I have oh, a three-step process. Wow. Hey, Dude, that was impressive. Look at that. Big brain. Unbelievable. Got a big brain here. All right, Andrew. Uh, what do you? Turn? Yeah, I'm, hold on, hold on. I got to set it up. Okay. Uh, you want, I got to get in the zone for this? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, again, the card. I'm projecting the card here. For right. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, right. Andrew's got his hat on. Make your mind an empty rice bowl. Keep your imagination quiet and then remote view the target. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of it now. I'm consciously, I'm picturing the card in my head and Lube I'm it sending up and it, put it to in you. My brain. Yeah. Lube it up and put it in my brain. I'm giving I'm it ready. to you. My body's ready. Close my eyes. This card, it bears a resemblance to myself. It's wearing a crown. Card's wearing a crown. It's got a sword. Hmm. It's a king. I'm going to say king of spades. Pretty far. Oh, close. Pretty close. Oh, <laughs> shit. That's crazy. You guys go, this is unbelievable. Okay. Well, well, I, I, two for two, and Andrew, well, you were not, that's not quite. You were close. Not I, quite. It's pr hey, boy, pretty close. I got a little CTE, so come on, give me something. That was pretty close. I'm actually, I'm actually pleasantly surprised that the, I was like, I was like, ah, these are all going to be so off. Uh, all right, Dan, do you need to get in the zone here? Ten of clubs. Ten of clubs? It just goes I, okay, for hold it. Hold on. Hold on. I hadn't even I haven't even start the generator yet. Sorry. Hold on. Okay. I've got it. Get in the zone, Dan. Hold on. Rice I hold, let me let me picture it. I'm sending it to you, Dan. Sending it through. Give it to him. It's ten of clubs. <laughs> You're yeah. really off, Dan. It's the obviously the T206 <laughs> Honus Wagner baseball card. Oh, wow. The rarest baseball card on earth. That's but, a vintage card right there. Yeah. I mean, Honus Wagner. Yeah. yeah give it your best shot. Give I mean, I'll shot. be honest with you. I expected more from me, Dan. I thought if anybody was going to be able to nail this, it would be you, but it was close. I mean, you gave it a, give it a value effort, you know. You know, had you thought about it a little more, maybe not rush your answer. That's fair. Maybe would have had a bit of a better outcome, but we'll try again in a little we'll, bit. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll continue on. Let's uh, let's get into remote. People always ask, like remote viewing. We know that it was highly investigated by the CIA. 
it's remote viewing is not quite clair, not quite a clairvoyant. It's a little bit different. Is that right? Or is that kind of how I read it? It's a little bit different, but so remote viewing is a little bit different from what you would consider a clairvoyant. It's it's I think it's categorized more as like a subtype of clairvoyance. So um, so same same but different. Well, clairvoyance is more about seeing if the actual future. Uh, you know, perceiving the future in in some way, you know, beyond the normal, uh, you know, in the extrasensory frequencies, essentially. And while remote viewing is more referred to as traveling clairvoyance, because remote viewing, which is a term that came up like it relatively recently, like the seventies, uh, as uh, is when you kind of project your your set your perception to a certain place, and you're able to. Uh, kind of glean information from a specific uh, target or location. So, mm. um, you know, it was originally known as like, it's also called like Telestasia, lots of whatever. Dope, and that's a dope probably, name. It is a pretty awesome name. Telestasia? <laughs> and, uh, you have, um, you, I mean, you have fav, you know, famous ones, like probably the most famous, probably Edgar Casey, one of the most famous ones yeah. uh, in the paranormal circles. Um, uh, but like the real remote viewing was not a kind of, a thing like a specific, you know, type of psychic ability that that kind of hit the the mainstream until you had the 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 interest in spiritualism like explode in the mid nineteenth century. So um, when that happened, you had the um, like you had the Fox Sisters right in eighteen forty eight where they came out and they were communicating with the dead. Right. I, th- I don't know if we talked about them before or I just remember uh, reading about them. We, listen- we've, I think we've definitely talked about the yeah, Fox sisters so. before. They like, yeah, they would communicate or they claim to be able to communicate with spirits and, and uh, of dead people. By, Are like, they the one with the knocks. ghost band? No, 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 that's a different one. <laughs> the Fox <laughs> sisters, like they communicated with like, uh, they had like a series of knocks. Like they had like, they would get spirits to like uh, make a, a code of knocks and they were able, said they were able to, to kind of uh, communicate with them through this, this method. Um, and so as soon as that happened, you know, as soon as the, the rise in popularity brought this to the attention of, you know, a relatively well-known scientist because science at, at that time, you know, science was advancing just as quick as, you know, these investigations and these kind of uh, the rising uh, interest into the paranormal, uh, spiritualism, things like this. So we were just starting to learn about these concepts of, you know, magnetism, uh, electricity, all this kind of cool stuff that we, we had never really kind of conceived before, radio waves, all this all this neat stuff. Um, we were figuring like, how can this apply to spiritualism? So once you get the two together, you had some really, uh, you had some really like high profile scientists investigate and and put time, like act, real actual time and effort into well, scientists, know, finding out some, how this stuff some works. Some scientists, some people involved. Well, Not I'm saying scientists. like you had you had like you had like Michael Faraday, and yeah. if you you know if you've heard about the Faraday cage, he invented that. Uh, he discovered benzene, uh, father of modern science, kind of kind of dude. And you I had built, William Crookes. I who built was, this whole. Uh, little did you know, I built this whole studio in a Faraday cage just in case to stop them from spying on us during the podcast. So everything's hardwired out of here. <laughs> Makes sense. I mean, we we thought ahead. You thought ahead. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, you had William Crookes who discovered thallium and invented the radiometer, uh, you know, also taking part in these investigations into how uh, people oh. were seem to be communicating with the dead or, uh, you know, all these things, moving things with their minds and all kinds of cool stuff that was all coming out of the- All these things you're talking about that were invented could totally be made up and I'd have no fucking clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, I was just thinking in my head, I was like, what the hell is a radiometer? And theridine. Like a radiometer is like a, it's a tiny little mechanism that ra- that uh, like measures <laughs> electromagnetic waves. So it's kind of, uh, from what I, like I looked it yeah, up. Yeah, but I think what's it looks an electromagnetic like, wave? Yeah. <laughs> what's all what's these the things, wave, brother? All these things are something you, I feel like they're trying to sell you on late night TV. Those yeah. infomercials. I mean, it's an actual thing. Like you can look that up. It looks like a little, it, it looks funny, but it's like a little light bulb with like these thin little like panels on the thing. Dan, and there's, right. one, there's one question Whatever you though. say, Billy Mays. There's one question though, Dan, we got to ask about it and how easily is it calibrated? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, pretty easy because like you can put it, because what it's supposed yeah. to do is like to actually like detect like rate, uh, electromagnetic stuff on the electromagnetic spectrum, electromagnetic waves. So you have like light, light being on that that wavelength. So it, the, the little dealies will rotate when there's light hitting it. So technically yeah. you could just put it in a, you could put it, you could put your like something between it and a light source, and that kind of just zeros it out. Yeah, so then same thing like up, turning on an EMF. Yeah, same thing. Well, same thing. About the I same. Mean, <laughs> some things inside twirl. Some swing. Fucking they twirl, you block it, it out. You block it out. Zeros. You reset it. You lift it's got it off. Flashing lights. I mean, it, it's it's not even, there's not even like electronic me- like mechanisms inside of the, it. It's just like the, a little wire with the. The only, <laughs> the only way an EMF can be fooled is if you turn it on and there's a ghost right being censored because then it zeroes out the ghosts right that, so then it's like then you didn't calibrate it properly so you got to make sure there's no ghosts when you turn it on that's it so how do you make sure there are no ghosts that's you've got your thermometer make sure there's no cold spots in the area right make sure everyone feels normal take everyone smudge temp- yeah, do a smudge, smudge couple smudges right crucifix couple holy hail marys holy marys what are they called hail marys hail marys throw it toss a couple of those <laughs> fuck no ghosts turn it on calibrated so, but pretty much, Dan, you're saying it, like the psychic phenomenon was taken pretty serious at the start. Like there was legit people who thought, like if we, we could all be Professor X. Right. Well, it's it's more like they were investigating into this because there were scientists that kind of crossed over. Like there were there were scientists that did definitely believed in in the uh, the paranormal. Like they believed that they, we were able to communicate with the dead. Like they were on board one hundred percent. You know, and so other, but other scientists, uh, like when this happened, like all of the kind of thing, I I read one kind of interesting paper about it, talking about how uh, early, early serious investigations into what we refer as psychic phenomenon were, were plagued with a number of problems that, that critics were, you know, critics were quick to point out. So this kind of, this kind of created like a hurdle uh if if you wanted to be taken seriously like looking into this stuff was definitely frowned upon at some point i mean you had things like uh critics were, were quick to point out uh stuff like you know inherent bias like again if you are you're a serious scientist and then you come out saying like you know i've discovered this i also believe in this it's like that kind of creates a little bit of bias and then that puts all of your results into uh into jeopardy right there um you know poor experimental design uh you know again different variables what were the controls like could this person have been doing this like uh you know inability to replicate a lot of these results because that's one of the things they talked about is like there seems to be a problem with like the more the more you would test people 
on these, uh, you know, people who had these claim to have these abilities, like the less they'd be able to do something. Well, you know what though? The thing for me is I'm like, you know, maybe it's some sort of fatigue. You know what I mean? Like it's you, if you have these kind of abilities, like maybe it's like any kind of muscle, right? Like if you just, if you just walk into the gym and kill yourself, you're going to have a hard time doing that same kind of performance the next time you go in. So if you're just going in and you nail something the first time and then they're like, do it again. You're like, I, I, you know, you get worse and worse and worse. Then you're like, ah, where you, you're off, right? It's because like maybe it's something that we inherently have, but it's not trained or not developed properly, right? So like so whatever. So use it or you lose it. Exactly. Maybe that you're kind right. of one of those things. And one of the most interesting things that when I was looking into this is that one of the people had said that, um, that it was perhaps Russia that got the States and the CIA down this path because during the Cold War, you know, it was coming out of Russia that, you know, they were looking into this kind of stuff heavily and were having success with it, which then caused the states to be like, God damn it. And Russian. Any, anything the Ruskies are doing. <laughs> yeah. We got to do it 10 times, 10 times more than they're doing it. Throw all the black book money at it. Start rounding up the people from Operation Climax. <laughs> so yeah, the the CIA with their with their big budget, you know, during the Cold War 1970s, uh, is, is definitely a time that uh, we were trying to look for the informational edge on the the Soviet Union, like our our relations with the Soviet Union, which you know even before that time were pretty precarious, like uh, like we were declining in our kind of talking. You know, there had been I think Nixon at that time had like kind of put the uh, like put the pressure on them with like signing like deals with China and like there's all this kind of stuff is going on. But um, uh, so yeah, like there came these reports coming out or at least one or two reports where uh, CIA agents heard uh, a rumor that the Soviets were developing uh, some type of information gathering ability by wait, using wait, psychics. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on a second. We got to address something here. Andrew just sticks the group being like, my fucking headphone is stuck right here. Let's see. It's right in there. It's in Let's your see. ear. It's it's all the way in there. Let's see. Like it's it's fucking all the way. <laughs> Hold on, maybe this will work. No, it didn't work. You need it's no. fucking in there, boy. You need tweezers. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh yeah, I need something. You're gonna you're Fuck. gonna miss the pod trip because you're gonna be in the ER getting your <laughs> I'm fucking panicking <laughs> right now. <laughs> Look, was, it's gone. How? I don't know. I, I saw you like have a weird look in your face and then feel a couple times. And I read that message. I was like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I might not be back after the break. <laughs> He's got to go to might emergency. Be in there. You're going to have to get the earbud removed. Some tweezers there. Oh, she's not going to be able to do it. She's going to be panicking. <laughs> this is hilarious. You might be able to do it yourself. I don't need a little pliers. Yeah, I have to try. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, sorry. Don't, don't push it in any farther. <laughs> it's in there. <laughs> Didn't see I that was, one coming. No, no. <laughs> I wasn't remote viewing that. That's for sure. No, no. Um, uh, so this, uh, the CIA threw a bunch of money at it, and they got uh, they started the project known as Scanate, which is kind of short or like a portmanteau of the Scan by Coordinate. And then uh, they started in the 1970s. And so the 19, in 1972, the agency started funding paranormal research uh, in this program. And they would go on for at least like 20 well, years, like almost like I think 20 years, like a decade, 20 years of, uh, <laughs> of, of their projects. <laughs> Sorry. 
Well, I'm gonna hold on. I'm seeing stars. I'm seeing stars. What happened? Oh my god. He he snuck his phone up to his ear while Dad was talking to try to get a shot. To you see can't me. even see it. You can't no. see it. You can't even see it. No. Did you send it? Uh, no, it's gone, no, he boys. was taking it to him for himself so he could see. Dude, that's so funny. Uh, oh I can. I understand the CIA's interest in this kind of thing, though, because imagine the capabilities that if you could train, um, you know, CIA agents or whatnot, or even civilians to rem- like send their project their consciousness into, you know, behind enemy lines into offices, right? And that kind of stuff. And have information without having to ever step foot or cross any lines. Like that would be a huge, an unbelievable advantage in war. Oh yeah. If you could just lock a guy in a dark room, be like, all right, this is, this is where, this is the guy's name. This is his last known location. And all of a sudden he's like, oh, he has here, he's in this cave. Boom, missile strike whatever. That's why all the bad guys want to use Cerebro, right? The wrong hands? Fucking dangerous, boys. You can't you can't shoot the spy satellite out of the sky because it's like locked away in a, you know, it's the other side of the world, just some dude in his basement. It'd be amazing. Yeah, like you, you're, it's, there's no defense against it. I guess unless you get people that like psychic Count. defense, right? They're like- Counter. Right? You're, you're, well, you gotta wear a cool but, helmet plus like Plus it's Magneto. extraordinarily Blocking. cheap. Like yeah, it's no, yeah. miles cheaper, like advanced radar systems. You wouldn't need any of that. So budget wise, it's like, why not for them? Yeah. It's kind of like, we, if we throw a couple hundred thousand dollars at this and a couple or a couple yeah, million Dave dollars, will do it for we'll $15 an hour. <laughs> uh, so um, the CIA put this project under what people have probably heard about is project Stargate. Uh, yeah. This is what, what they label. It. it was pretty fucking rad. Kurt Russell was there. Um, and Jim Spader, James Spader. Uh, and so now you had them headquarter this entire project out of the Stanford Research Institute in Menlo you call Park, him, California. Did you call him Jim Spader because you're just per, personal level with him? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and um, what is what has kind of become the standard because when I was I was researching for this, like I watched a couple of videos and whatever. There was one from like Vice and stuff like this, where was, um, you know they were talking about you know what is remote viewing, all that kind of stuff. They all did the same type of kind of experiment, which is the one that they actually performed uh, and kind of pioneered here at or at the Stanford Research Institute called um, what they they called it as the Outbounder Beacon Experiment. So, um, Outbounder begin beacon beacon. Beacon. Oh, right. So, uh, what would occur is that you would have two researchers who would depart the research Institute and they would have, uh, in their possession sealed envelopes that had been locked inside a safe, uh, for, for a whole day or so. Uh, nobody had seen them. Uh, nobody had a chance to see them except the, the, the experimenter, the, 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 observers. And so once they would get outside of the building and they would get into their cars, they're instructed to open up the envelopes. They would inside would be contained a picture, a photo, a photograph of like a a scene or an area. And uh, there would be an address of that location at the bottom. And then the participants were to drive to that location. And then they would look around uh, and try to mentally record their surroundings. Mm. Which is then interesting because I kind of think of that like if you're mentally recording your surroundings, you know, we've talked about the Akashic records and stuff like that. There, it's like as soon as it's observed, and maybe especially if someone's taking mental note of it, of like I'm looking at the scene with intent, not just every day. You're like 
you you're making it accessible to someone with psychic abilities. Like it, to me, I'm like if you believe in the Akashic records and that like all knowledge is you know accessible it's to part of know, the field, like all encompassing field. What, what you know, we talked about the you know on the um, the sudden. Um, sudden savant syndrome, right? Like stuff like that where people, you know, all of a sudden they, you know, get a little bonk in the head and all of a sudden they play, play piano or do math like crazy or see patterns and what like weird stuff happens. So it's like, maybe this is something where if, if someone's going, they're physically at the place, they're looking around, they're seeing it with intent, they're focusing their mind. Um, you know, it, just like it says, they're the beacon for a psychic now to see this area. They're uploading to the conscious cloud. Yes, exactly, right? And then someone else who's, you know, a clairvoyant or th someone who thinks that they're, you know, or they suspect might be, have these kind of powers or are in a room with another scientist and they're trying to, you know, pick up these messages. Yes, yeah, so that's the second part of the experiment. <laughs> Thank you yeah. for describing yeah. the whole thing for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so yes, they had a subject uh, who was judged to have exceptional or be exceptionally perceptive or uh, yeah, like right now adept. we got Zell and Andrew right now. Right. They're excelling. Dan. I feel like my signals are going to be blocked now though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> half. You're going to get, yeah, you're half. <laughs> you're at 50% 50, 50 capacity. Yeah. And then that person would try to concentrate on that person, the other person, like get on their wavelength to try and receive the information that that person was perceiving at the time. Since the concept was essentially like you could have someone go out there, look around their locations, and you would have one person in the in there just kind of verifying, like being able to record what's there at that time. So um, you see, you see a lot of people doing this kind of things, and so normally what you would get. Uh, from from most of the like the experiments that I saw and the stuff that that was documented, most of the times you get like uh, you you don't get like a clear picture of what they're seeing. A lot of these clairvoyants, like it's it's more like an impression. Uh, the mm -hmm. remote viewers get more like a kind of. Uh, uh, like you get like an impression of buildings or like uh, uh, shapes or running water, I think was, was some of them like uh, bodies of water where it could be seen a little bit clearly. Uh, but you, you, they would kind of draw pictures or like stuff that whatever they were perceiving in their mind. And some of them they judged to be uh, accurate enough to continue the project. Like this is just in the beginning. So for like another uh, eight, nine years uh, with the CIA. So now mm. after the CIA uh, kind of got into it first and pushed push the limits, you had other uh, United States uh, government services kind of getting in the mix as well. So then after the CIA shut down Project Stargate or shut down, yeah. uh, you we had- We now know they never shut this shit down. They just not, rename it, retool it until it's found out again. Blended in somewhere else and boom. Yeah. Uh, you had the, the the next one that's documented or that we have uh, you know, evidence of is the uh, Project Grill Flame. Great name. <laughs> not as cool as Star and that is as cool as Stargate, but still I great. Mean, Dude, great, Guy great Fieri, own, Guy own Fieri would disagree with you. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, guess, I guess the CIA is better at naming stuff than the U.S. Army because that's who took over for the uh, the, the 
after they finished, they wrapped up their research. Like I think, I think it, the research still remained at Stanford Research Institute for about two or three years, and then they moved the the, the majority of the operations and research over to Fort yeah. Meade, and then they started their whole thing right Listen, there. We could call our whole Texas trip Operation Grill Flame because I'm eating everything I'm eating is flame flame grilled, flame, flame broiled, grilled. right? Meat sweats, uh, meat all sweats week. all day. <laughs> That's gonna need a fucking triple bypass. Yeah, it's gonna be great. We got medical insurance, just in case. So once they started theirs in 1978, quickly uh, they had their uh, kind of superstar. There was Joseph McMonagle, and Joseph McMonagle. You look him up; he's got a bunch of interviews talking about his time uh, in and in Project Girl Fame, and he's talked about. uh, him being part of a team of remote viewers, like being at least, he said there was around 15 of them who operated under strict guidelines that had been developed at Stanford Research Institute for, rem- for remote viewing. Um, That's interesting that he like, he says he's part of a team because like maybe if they were working together in some sort of, you know, my brain kind of goes to make minority report of like seeing 15 people like laying in this fluid, just <laughs> shaking around like, oh, it, def- <laughs> it definitely, I, I mean, yeah, that sounds really cool. But uh, he pretty much uh, described his typical work day as uh, showing up into an old leaky wooden barracks at Fort Meade. And then he would sit down with a cup of coffee and then somebody would bring in uh, uh, just photo like envelopes. Of, of photos or addresses or whatever. Like that's all he would do. Uh, and he had like a typewriter to kind of type out his report. And that was, that's, that was his typical work day going in there and doing that. <laughs> um, what a gravy gig. Of, in I, the mean, he said, I mean, he, he, he must have honestly got, had some success at. Right. So stuff he for them says to be like, that give him another. He, yeah. He God claims, damn it, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> He's been right seven a time, 10 times. Uh, he claimed that the, um, that they were 50% able to, of the right, 50% of the time he's right every time, Jim, <laughs> God damn it. See, of the $20 million budget that was, that he said was, uh, you know, earmarked for this project. Uh, he said that they saved the government, uh, estimated $240 million by helping find lost scud missiles during the per- Persian Gulf war. That's just one that, of the examples. That's that he a gets. 10 time return on investment right there. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, he said he predicted almost precisely where Skylab was going to fall <laughs> 11 months before the spacecraft uh, returned to Earth in 1979. This is looking pretty um, good for the remote viewers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so, but one of the more stranger or the probably farthest out there, both figuratively and literally, uh kind of tasks that was assigned to him is that he said that on May 2nd, 1984, uh, he was at the Virginia based Monroe Institute, which was a nonprofit to study, uh, the study of altered consciousness. Uh, he said that in this Institute, he was taking a nap in their black box, which is a, uh, a one foot thick, totally shielded containment, uh, room, uh, that he used that they would use for remote ve- viewing experiments, and he said that uh, the director showed up, um, at Robert Monroe, and then he had an unnamed or uh, either he doesn't want to reveal the name or he didn't. I don't think he actually knew who it was, but they handed him a sealed envelope, and they pretty much on the envelope they said open the envelope and look in it, and it just said the planet Mars 
time of interest, approximately 1 million years BC. What? On it. Yeah. I mean, you can look this up. There's these, these documents are actually out there. Like it's on the black vault. It's on that. It's on a couple other websites. Like it's an actual document of the actual remote viewing. The black uh, vault, like the way you describe that, it's super interesting because like, you know how, when we have these experiments, they usually, they'll take something from it, right. That they've learned. And like now for like, post concussion syndrome and stuff like that like that's how they treat you they call it like brain breaks and you will sit in complete like sensory deprivation black room and they'll make you like i've done it you'll sit there for an hour and there's nothing Dude, i like Just pure blackness it'd be interesting because like to do a long session in a sensory deprivation chamber and if you had like you know this kind of training or you know you were trying to do this that might be a good avenue to is go in one of these pods and like and do that there where you have nothing you know, you kind of disconnect, get a complete body disconnect. Unless you have ADD. In my case, I was going fucking crazy. So while he was doing this, the kind of the the observer, the unnamed, uh, you know, could have been possibly government. It's not named and he's, he's not sure. Um, gave him like sets of, would give him sets of coordinates, like latitude and longitude. Uh, like f- uh, the first set he gives him, I believe is 40.89 degrees north, 9.55 degrees west. And so um, going into his uh, remote viewing trance, going through the exercises and going into and, and looking and getting his impressions back, um, like you, you can actually go and, and look up the entire transcript of uh, w- what allegedly happened. But so at this set of coordinates and just like to summarize it, he said that he saw some type of pyramid or pyramid form uh, quite high in in a large depressed area. Like you imagine something like a crater or a large uh, pyramids on Mars or something. And uh, from there, they asked him, you know, go back a million years. Right. And, And he's saying that. Uh, it, once he goes back that million years, he said he was getting a perception of of, of a shadow of people, not shadow people, but he says that they like it, it's like they were there, but not there anymore. Like they had been there. So you see like what a he was getting remaining silhouette or something of them, not the actual right. Like a, an impression that the, these people had been there, but they weren't there anymore. So then uh, they gave him another set of coordinates: forty six point four four five north and three hundred fifty three point two two east. I know people are going to probably be looking at these. Um, and he said inside this on on this coordinates, he was getting a, a feeling of these these deep carved caverns. Uh, he said that they were carved like not didn't look like they've been carved by wind, but been carved by some, uh, you know, by an it's intelligent civilization. Force. Yeah. And these had rooms inside, like large, airy rooms that perhaps um, I think they talked about, like some of these uh, these entities that were actually existed there uh, at the time. Like he got like he went back another time when they were there uh what he was asked of by the uh by the observer to ask like when go back to the time when they are there and he said that they were um hiding they had seemed to be like hiding from a from a storm or something or weathering something out um and then moving on they gave him another set of coordinates 45.86 north by 354.1 east uh he said he saw uh, an impression of an obelisk Right, because he, he he relates it to the the something like the Washington Monument, something and, like what was popping all around Earth. And um, yeah, and so it, it, goes it, almost, on. it almost sounds like he's describing it's like the shadow of the person, like the deep cat like caves. 
like almost like they were bunkered down, like some type of like either, you know, underground base, un- underground base or bunker for like a nuclear explosion or comet impact, high velocity it, impact I, or something. I also kind of got interested because I was trying to figure out why were the coordinates random because I couldn't find that anywhere, and I was wondering why those specific coordinates. Oh, were they given. gave them those for a reason for sure. Right? Well, they gave like, them, like, them they the gave them a time frame too, like go back yeah, a million years. Go back, like, they only gave them like back they know a, they gave them a general idea, like they gave them back a million years, and then they and said then he, like go back to the time when those people were there or those uh, what you're getting like those entities. When they were actually there. That also, like, I was, like, kind of thinking about that when I was doing this. And I'm like, man, imagine if these are, like, some higher form of beings. And we've just, like, we've sent someone to be, like, yeah, like, they can now see where we're from, like, where we're from, that we can do this. Um, Because maybe he's off. Maybe if this, you know what I mean? Like, maybe he's not as well trained. He thinks he's going back a million years. But if time's just a construct, right? Like, maybe he's connecting to things that we have no idea uh, you know, it's kind of like the dark force scenario again, where it's like, you know, maybe we should be trying to project ourselves to these areas stay, or do these things. Calm. Right? Yeah. You're like Frodo, right? Just don't put the ring on. You're wearing the... <laughs> so according to the transcript, I think he got the 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 idea um, that he is... Uh, these entities that were kind of bunkered down... Uh, for lack of a better word, inside these caves, he was saying that they he felt that they were, or he got the, um, he got the like the idea that they are waiting there for something. He got the impression that they were waiting there for something, or waiting for something like they had sent somebody or They're waiting for somebody to come get them, or they were waiting for for something, an announcement or something. Is is why they were there, and he was getting the idea like they were waiting, but they also while they were waiting for this announcement, they were also not uh, expecting it to come. That they were kind of resigned uh, to to whatever their fate was going to be, even though they were still waiting for something. Like well, that kind of fills in with Zell said, like they're, yeah. they're in bomb shelters and they're waiting for, you know, possibly like nuclear fallout or something like that. Like, that's cool. Well, that's like the th- one of the theories of like, because... They know Mars used to have atmosphere, but it was stripped either by just solar winds or some impact or something threw off Mars that it lost its atmosphere. So imagine there was a civilization on Mars. And then they ran into a Martian Putin and decided <laughs> to go nuclear. <laughs> well, hopefully that that's not an accurate comparison, but... That's why we're going to Texas. <laughs> that's why we're going to Texas. Get more guns there. But no, so imagine it was like a Martian population. Something happened... And so they flee underground and they're trying to come back up, but their atmosphere is slowly being diminished. And like they just can't go back to life as it was. And they just know like their time's ticking. And they're stuck in a hole. It's oh, it's interesting because then I wonder if that like, because that would be such a time of like unbelievable, almost global wide turmoil for whatever civilization was left. If that like that kind of, you know, heightened emotion of something makes makes that point in time a beacon for people who can remote view and stuff because of there's this, all this kind of like similar energy at the same point in time, um, you know, creates kind of like a, a beacon maybe. That's kind of what I was like thinking. I, like, are you talking like a Kashuk record? Like that massive event is like etched into the- Yeah, because yeah. it's like, because like imagine it's like sorrow or despair, right? It's like because yeah. of everyone was feeling the same unique despair. It's like, there's like a beacon, right? At that point in time of like, Something's going on here. We, you know, 
we can just feel it because there was just this mass energy of despair put out into the universe. Well, and you hear that, like you, people get those feelings when they go to, you know, Auschwitz and shit like that. Yeah, like right? I remember when I went to Alcatraz, I felt something. Like I couldn't describe it, but it's definitely something I've never felt before. I think we've all been to places that ha- you've had that experience, that feeling. Uh, and it's usually it's as is. bad as having a, your a headphone stuck in. Your <laughs> yeah, <That's>, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I think everyone's skin scrolling. When's this happening? <laughs> I will also say that it sounds suspiciously a lot like the the descriptions of uh, Mars uh, from Edgar Rice Burroughs, uh, John Carter novels. <laughs> like, he, he describes Mars as like a dying at that time, like it was uh, in those things. So it says it reminds you that I, I like I I like the John Carter movie. I, I will say, I will say I will say yes, I agree with you. But John Carter movie is also based on the fact that scientists think that scientists think that Mars was a, a planet that was pay, potentially habitable and it something happened and it 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 died right like they said the you know so it it's yes it is from a novel but also that novel is based on it's like he didn't come up with that and scientists go hey shit like that's a pretty good idea I mean, no, they, like, they wrote that novel in like 1917 they didn't they didn't know like <laughs> the stuff I, we know today yeah <laughs> but well i guess it's head of its time then Maybe he was a remote viewer. Maybe, yeah, he was remote hey, viewing. There you go. Right? He was the first. Right, maybe Jules, that's... I mean, Jules Verne was a remote viewer too, maybe, right? He knew about submarines and we, you know stuff like that way ahead of their time. Well, we talk about that, like of people who are like creative and that, like maybe they're in in touch with something and, and Dude, if HP Lovecraft in, is a remote viewer and all that we're, shit's we're real, in trouble. like we're terrifying. Fucked. Yeah, but maybe it's not, maybe it's not, <laughs> maybe not on our uh, realm of dimension. Maybe he's tapping in somewhere else, right? Or... But it's all not connected, necessarily, right? like, yeah, I mean, not necessarily it's all, Earth. So once right, they punch I need through, a fucking beer. I need um, a beer before, before, I've, I've ever needed in my life. Before we, before we get a break, let's one do a... Uh, we'll do one more card, we'll then do a one break. more card. Who wants to go first? Okay, let's go back to Earplug Man. Earplug Man. All right, uh, let me just get it set up. All right, I got my card here. I'm sending it to you right now. Two diamonds. Oh, Two hearts. <laughs> so close, yet so far away. It's it's unbelievable. Chances? It's unbelievable that you are two for two on the diamond. number, and over oh two on the on the suit though. But hey, that's I. That's good. That's a that's a win in my books. Uh, Zeller Dan, who wants to go? I'll go. Okay, I'm going right. snake order Hold backwards on. here. It is Francisco Goya's Saturn devouring his son. Oh, it's a Buster Blader. <laughs> Buster Blader. All right. That's a fucking was, awesome Yu-Gi-Oh card. I was really... That's okay. Hey, not everyone's a psychic. Yep. All right, Zell. Robots can't be psychics, man. Sending. Cyborgs can't be psychics. No. Zell. Doesn't, that doesn't sound like it. All right, one second. I got to make my mind an empty rice bowl. Keep my imagination quiet. Black card. Nine. Ah, two for two. Unbelievable. I'm gonna get, make you. I'm gonna make you call the suit next yeah, time. Because you're two time. for two on colors. And I'm gonna say this. I'm 
unbelievably impressed that you picked the number, but the saying black or red is 50 50. So I'm like, I, I was like, I was like, yeah, but at the same time, you did well, call the I'm card. Going by, I'm going by the steps. It says if you see a color, you say it. Okay, I'll, okay. I'll, I'll look for more. Next time I'll, next time I'll press you on the, on, on the, the suit. On the okay, suit. I'll take yeah. a little more time to clear my mind yeah. on the next one. Okay, right. we're going to grab a quick beer. Andrew's going to pick out a earplug I'm, out I'm of his ear back. canal, and uh, we will be <laughs> right back. All right, we're back. Right. Andrew has removed his headphone from his ear canal. Feeling good. We almost lost him from the podcast forever. Permanently. <laughs> Fucking permanently. All okay, right. we're going to come back. What, Bray wants one to more, do one more card experiment. One more here. card experiment. Uh, who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first this time because we're doing like a snake draft here. Okay. okay. Hold on. Got your card. Sal, clear your mind. I am picturing your card right now and I am sending it to your brain now, 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 now. Jack of hearts. Now. Oh, Ooh. I can't get the suit. This is unbelievable. Man, we, you know what? It's because we've been friends for so long. Our brains are connected. Oh, yeah. Maybe that that's sense. what it is. The Jack of sense. hearts. You're a great transmitter. I was, maybe that's, maybe I'm a really good, maybe this has maybe nothing you. to do with you. <laughs> you know what? This has nothing to do with you guys. I'm an unbelievable beacon. <laughs> that's what it is. Obviously. This is really good at sending messages. Um, who wants to go? Now to go back to Dan. Uh, back to Dan. Okay. Dan, I need you to focus this time. Okay. I need you. Seriously, Dan, 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 come on. I, just listen to my voice. I need you to believe. Let down your guard. Tina Turner in uh, <laughs> Thunderdome. <laughs> Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. It's a f four. Four spades. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the I like the thought though. It was good. That's it, good. It's what came Creative. to his mind. Maybe you, were thinking, maybe you were thinking that by mistake. He, I'll tell you something, though. He started to say it. I lost the image of the card in my mind and went to Tina Turner. <laughs> so, Dan, uh, it re-incepted you. Re Dan, inception. 0 for 3. Zell, I'm going to give Zell and Andrew both a 2 for 2 on guesses. No, I'm 3 um, for 3. Yeah, no, 3 this, for not, 3. Not the suit, though. You're not the suit. Uh, Andrew, I've set yours up right now. This one's easy. Gonna go with, gonna go with comes to mind. First thing that comes to mind was my queen that removed the plug from my ear. I'm gonna say queen of spades. Oh, fuck. You got a spade. You got, you got spade. a spade. Hey, one part right. Hey, that's all right. We can't get yeah. them all. Spade's good though, that's but that's a yeah. one in four chance. <clears throat> it's not. So Zell right now is the best psychic we have. I have the most powerful brain. He is the most powerful brain. I'm obviously the most powerful beacon. Um, what else do we have to talk about remote I mean, well, viewing? Well, Zell is the closest to Dr. Xavier, right? He's got the hairline going. He's got the chicken legs. Give me three, like, we just got to get you a fucking chair. Three, man. four more yeah. years. I'm full, yeah, it, I'm full Professor X. If you saw yeah. Zell in a chair, you would think this motherfucker's never walked. <laughs> never. <laughs> <laughs> He's never um, walked a day in his goddamn life. That's what I look like that's right fair. now. A little chubby. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, so I hope what, every, what did we miss? 
Um, yeah, circling back, uh, you know, we talked about uh, Joseph McMonagle, right, being one of the uh, one of the superstars, but one of the other ones was uh, a a a. Uh, <laughs> A 55-year-old from uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, named Pat Price. So Pat Price, Pat Price allegedly awoke, awakened his psychic gift uh, after subscribing to the teachings of Scientology at the age of 50. <laughs> and at 55, he was introduced to Project Stargate. Uh, or, yeah, Project Stargate. And apparently he was able to kind of uh, garner the kind of the full support and the uh, the full 100% focus of the of the project by being able to accurately describe uh, details about a naval radio station secret facility that had been run by the NSA at Sugar Grove uh, at the time. Uh, like details that he included in his description uh, included things like numbers uh, of floors in the buildings, uh, names on folders uh, th that were within a specific office. And he was even described like the color of the cabinet in that office where those files were contained. Oh, and wow. so after he nailed all this stuff, like in, in one session, uh, well, you're like, interested either way. If someone does that either way, even if he's a bullshitter, you're going, okay, there's two things happening here. This guy is doing this and we need to figure out how, or we have a leak who's telling this guy and we need to figure out who. So like either way, this guy pulls off this feet and you're in a room and he tells you, you're like, okay, well, my interest is peaked. Now we have to look more into this because you would want to know right away, is this legit or is someone leaking information they shouldn't be, right? Like, and yep. that's the interesting thing about this, I think. And so bringing him like fully in, like they gave him other tasks and probably they said one of his best known sessions was uh, when he described... Uh, a Soviet arms factory and semipalatinks, sinks, semipalatinks. <laughs> Semi so hard to say. I can't say it. <laughs> with, with and honestly, with the current events going on, we're not even going to try. <laughs> semipalatinks. It was in 1974, but he sketched out and described, uh, true to scale, uh, a, a huge eight wheel gantry that was unique to that location, uh, that had, and, and also contained or had been carrying this camouflage steel ball that I think there were rumors that this is some type of like particle, like a particle weapon, like particle beam weapon or something. Uh, the ball uh, was like 20 meters in diameter that was under construction, uh, in that, in that facility, which is, um, they could never get their hands on the, like the, they, they were able to confirm that gantry actually existing and being there in the position that he, uh, that he gave them. Uh, but they were never able to, to confirm the, the, the steel ball. Like they, they weren't sure what that was, but now um, did yeah. he describe it as a particle? Weapon, I, or is it like, it's, it, it's, I think it's just like rumors. Like it was, I, that was yeah, more of like a I rumor never, of what it the, was. I, the only thing I read, it was him being a steel ball and everything else was basically conspiracy of like our people theorizing that that's prop might've been what it yeah. was, what it could have been used for. But if you think about this, like you have this guy who's, who said this about your base. And so you're thinking either there's two things going on here. This guy's full of shit and we have a mole or he's good. And then you're like, okay, well, sit him down in the room because we obviously were interested in what this guy has to say because even if you think you're bullshitting, you want to find out and you're like, okay, well, tell us something else. 
right? Mm. Verify this. Because you you know you got them wrong, then you can be like, okay, we crossed that, you know, check that box at least. Now we can figure out who's giving them the information. And then he feeds you this and you're like, come on. So now it starts to me, like when you start to look at this, this claim, and then it comes out true, it starts to make the the other side of like someone's feeding this guy information, it starts to get a little far-fetched that someone would be doing that because this is Soviet Russia. It's not like it's, it's like, you know, at this point in time, like, hey, you know, like, yes, random, random American Pat Price, let me feed you with cool information <laughs> so you can make CIA very happy, right? Like, like that's not happening. It seems very ludicrous. So then it starts to think like- Unless he's, unless he's a double agent. Maybe, but then you start to think, I start to think like, maybe this guy just had some heightened abilities or some heightened senses. So that, like he just needed L. Ron Hubbard to fucking unlock it? Yeah, he, yeah. he was clear of, thetans, he, dude, he was clear of the Thetans. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, so, uh, if you get the impression that they were just using these, like the the psychic viewers, the remote viewers, like by themselves and, and going off of that information, that would technically be inaccurate. Because uh, from Joseph McMonagle talking about his experience with the program, he was talk. He he tries to be clear that the 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 army and the CIA and the intelligence services were not using the remote viewers like solely. They were not their sole source of information. They were using them more to kind of confirm. Mm -hmm. uh, like observations and reports that they would get from satellite imaging, that they would get from uh, reports and, and photos from agents in the field. That's more what they were using them for, as opposed to like the idea that they're just like, they would scan these, like they would just go off of what they're saying and then be like, yeah, that's, that's exactly where it is or whatever. So, um, you know, I, Joseph McBonagles feels like, um, I, I was reading an interview with him. I think he did with the Washington Post uh, or Slate, actually. Um, and he was talking about how everybody kind of gets that impression that it was just just this off the rails kind of project that they were just throwing out there, throwing money at, and then they would, you know, do something based on that, wasting a whole bunch of money. But he's like, no, like we were just we were just doing our jobs to try and confirm information or give another, uh, you know, corroboration of the 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 accuracy of the reports. Second coming look, in. yeah. Huh. Or what it like going from the other angle? So they do all this study into remote viewing. You know, if you go, the consensus is they're like. But well, they they fold the program. They didn't find anything. I think maybe they found more than they thought. So if you say you did, you put all this money in, you're like, oh shit, we do have this technology where you can spy on people just using people, you know, just using the human mind. Then you try, you, you know, you you plant a couple disinformation agents. They claim to be remote viewers. It turns and ends up they're like, oh, actually, we hoaxed that back then. It just like sours the image of remote viewing, but meanwhile, oh, end of the program, all that, everything we gained, you know, we sweep it over here, change the name, bury it. Only a handful of people know the actual results. So, well, and and they weren't even like remote viewing wasn't the only technique that they were interested in, or they were testing at the the research institute in the U.S. Army. Like they were also invested in other, like they were running other projects in parallel, uh, you know, experimenting with other kind of types of psychic abilities uh, as as well. So it's not like, you know, I think Yuri Geller was brought in at one point, if anybody knows him, famic, uh, famous, famous spoon bender psychic. Well, yeah, uh, he claimed to be able to bend spoons, but under controlled conditions, 
he did not right. reproduce his experiment. So is that one of the things? Well, is, no, that's because the CIA had already recruited him, and he has to say that he because to say he or, was saving us from Soviet. He was saving us from psychomantis. Case, <laughs> you know, it, so. See the thing was that before or after he joined the Mystery Men? Which probably when was Mystery Men? Nineties, probably before. Ninety-six, probably. Yeah. Probably before. Um, the interesting with the remote viewing is though it's like even if you have someone like say Zell here is a phenomenal remote viewer. He seems actually, to be pretty good. He is right eighty-five percent of the time. Right? Let's just say that number. You're saying he's not perfect every time, but he's he's right to an astounding degree you still need to verify what he's saying. So it's like, so say if he's like, I'm in a secret base and they have this and that, it's like, well, okay, write that down. But we're not sure. We have to now get in there. We have to get that information to verify. And like, maybe some of that's hard. Like, you know, it's, you know, going to Mars, you know, in a couple of years, we might be able to verify some of these claims of, uh, um, what's his, McMahon Eagle. <laughs> right, McGonagall. I had to look it up. I had to look. I had to look up how to say well, his name. Well, much like Skull Lion, I think he likes to go by McMon Eagle or McMon Eagle. Make, no, just McMon Eagle. Okay, uh, but you know, like we will be able to verify some of those claims. Like if if you know people are Mars, rovers are Mars, and we go over those coordinates, and you're like, God damn, this guy hit it out of the park. Like there is, you know these things there that he he's claimed or relics or evidence of these things from a past civilization are there. So it's a tough one for me because I'm like, you know, it, it, you have to verify the results, which gets me excited about our Austin experiment mm. because we're going to project our consciousness to Austin, a place none of us have ever been. Uh, I've made it a conscious effort outside of looking at the pictures of the B and B we're staying. I haven't looked up pictures of anything, not a thing. So we are going to be able to project our consciousness there and then see if when we're there, if we've, if we remote viewed and maybe some of us excel more than others. Yeah. Right? I mean, Austin's a big city, so we're going to have to consciously, I'm going to try and throw my mind somewhere, you know, you know, within 10 miles of downtown. <laughs> and, and well, here's what I was thinking about doing is because, you know, if you look up, you can look up steps on how to remote view and there's classes you can pay for with uh, on like Gaia.com and, you know, Stephen Greer, if you give him fifty nine ninety nine biweekly, you know, he'll, he'll <laughs> teach you the, the tricks. Uh, but what I was thinking that I'm personally going to try to do in this is rather than just pick Austin and pay and just try to like see there, I'm going to I'm go, going into this under the guise of time is a construct that doesn't exist. So I'm I want to see through my own eyes in say 5 days. So I know I'm going to be in Austin, Texas, right? I know I'm going to be there. So I'm projecting my consciousness from the future to see what I'm seeing. Like that was that's how I am going to try to take this. You're trying to project your consciousness into the future into you who's going into, to be there my my own consciousness and because so time is fluid you're going to be able to send your conscious thought backwards in time from yourself to your current self in order to see what your future self exactly. is exactly like it's all connected right it's I, all connected I hear you. I hear right you. so that was what i was going to try to do um and then much like we were talking i haven't tried 
I haven't tried any personally. I haven't tr- been working on this because I, I thought about this early that maybe it is a muscle or something that, you know, if exercise. So I didn't want to, I've, I've never done any kind of practice with trying to project my consciousness and stuff. Um, so I wanted to be fresh. This is the first time I'm ever going to try this outside of when I'm at work every day and I project myself anywhere but work. Right? It's but. Um, so how do we want to do this? Okay. Well, there is like, so there's some instructions that we should probably try and follow. So either take notes, but we're recording this okay. visually so we can, our notes will be verbal. So that's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, that works. Yeah. So pretty much we're going to Project, clear your mind, clear your mind, calm okay. your consciousness, relax, deep breathing, enjoy the emptiness for a few moments. Keep yep. the window in your mind black. Sometimes it helps to put something over their eyes, they say. So maybe if you got a hat or I don't got anything. What do we got? Can I, do my, does mask cover both my eyeballs? No. Shades. Mm. One time I don't got a fucking hat in here. There. Okay, I'm, I'll just, I'm just going to dim my lights. That's uncomfortable. I'm just going to dim can, my lights can, real low. Yeah. For the rest of the podcast, the, my lights are going out actually. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do the same. Yeah, do the same thing here. Oh, you know what I can do? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Gotta get real dim. The dark, the dark's getting dim. Dark is very, very dim. <clears throat> All right. Do we want to do it one at a time? Oh no! Oh, no. oh Braden is consciously <laughs> turns <laughs> party. Oh, no. Party. Whew. Okay. Let's go one at a time. Braden, let's start with okay. you. Okay. So if any colors, shapes, textures come out, make sure to speak them, write them down, whatever you're doing, just as you okay. see them. You can open your eyes when you when have a picture and then you can close your eyes after. I'm just trying to get myself... Um, I'm I'm trying to like imagine myself right now, trying to like touch into that creativity. I'm trying to imagine myself in Austin and what I'm doing and and where I'm at. And I'm trying to just kind of like align myself with my, okay, I'm seeing myself. I'm on a sidewalk. There's, there's like a glass overhang. I'm seeing a glass overhang. Cars kind of a busier street. Uh, I see a cafe. I see a cafe across the street. Like tiny metal chairs up front. Two sets. Colors, textures, shapes. Um, The tint, the, it's like a, there's like a hotel door or something. It's, it's, it's dark, dark tinted windows. I'm trying to see in I can kind of see the lights of the of a concierge or, or like a desk or something on the right side. I see the gold like gold long bars 
on the doors or like brass. I see a lot of red on the floor. Maybe a rug, a rug's coming to me. Oh, Some old wooden. It's weird because as soon as I start to try to like detail what I'm picturing in my head, it, it almost fleets away as fast. Um, I'm going to put myself back there. I kind of like, I'm out of it now. Honestly, I can't. I can't see myself there anymore. You had some descriptions. They're recorded. So I think, I think what I was seeing was like, I think I'm seeing like a, like a hotel walkway. I was just seeing like myself on an extended sidewalk with a glass overhang. Obviously like a rain cover or something. And then when I turned to the right, I could see the, the doors. It's, there was doors with like two long brass bars and I could see through the window on a line of concierge. And I think I saw red carpet or red floor, or red rug. When you said with, red, I was like, yo, are you, are you witnessing a murder scene? Because I hope not. No, I just could see the color, like a red rug in there. I don't know if that's the, if, if it's the floor or a rug in there that I can see through the window. And then I was really trying to focus on what else. And I, I kind of, saw like a like a freestanding desk um but the, it was, then it started fleeting as fast as I kind of touched into it across the street I could see I was kind of there was traffic going by but I could see like a cafe it looked like uh and it just had like wire chairs out front like two sets and that's all I can really remember black sitting mm, it's quite vague I gotta say I know sorry man that's okay it's our you know this is a, it's a skill you must, we must, you must learn. I was trying. Andrew? Cl clear uh, your mind. It's going to be tough because my mind's never clear. Your mind is an empty rice bowl. Your brain is black. No All images right. are projected. Send yourself down to Austin, Texas, and let me know what you see. See a sidewalk? Nice. I see that the sun's shining. Perfect. It's bright, glary. See a, a shadow kind of coming towards us. Fuck. As it gets closer, you know, kind of make it out. That's it's kind of... It's about as... Tall as it is wide. Oh, fuck. And as it gets closer, it's, it's very, you know, there's just a lot of glare. It gets a little closer and it's, it's, it turns out it's a man, a muscular man. With tattoos. He comes up to me and he says, hey man, I love your shit. Do you want to do some jujitsu sometime? <laughs> and it turns out it's Joe Rogan. And we become best friends. Oh shit! It's in the cards, boys. Hey, I synced it. Hey, if he, he willed it, it will be. If we run into Joe Rogan now, and we tell him that we remote viewed and we had this exchange, yeah. I bet we will become best yeah. friends. Well, then as soon as he tell, we tell him who he is, and he says, "I love your shit." Then we're doing jujitsu, we're eating elk meat, maybe having a sauna together, yeah. like and all the ivermectin I want. Oh, buddy, swimming. Spreading stories that Steven Seagal was working with Putin on the Russian border. <laughs> Amazing. 
I mean, Andrew's two for three, so it might just be some large tattooed man saying, yeah. I love your shit. <laughs> he love your shit. <laughs> I love your shit, brother. <laughs> Meanwhile, he got the shit, he got the shadow all wrong. It's all, it's just Burmeester. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Dan, do you want to give it a try? I know you're not going to come. Do you want to project yourself? See, I would say Dan's the biggest non-believer, but maybe he can touch in. You know, he's creative mind. Tap into that creativity, Dan. Try and try uh, and picture a scene. Try to picture us there. Us We're there. The, us there. What are we doing? I see you enveloped in a oh. coruscating, burgeoning soulscape. A thousand maws open and voice the primordial truth. It is the black goat of a thousand young. Yeah, noob shigaroth, boil seas of blood. For there's nothing for you but chaos within the streets of Austin. Oh, fuck. Right, I'm not going uh, anywhere. Man, trip's canceled. You just cursed what? our trip, dude. What happened? Right. <laughs> Dan blacked out. <laughs> And he cursed us. Chaos in the street. Chaos. I was just rubbing my eyes real quick. I thought we were getting ready. Are we? Are we ready? I think. I think Dan just witnessed us in the bar fight. Is what I did. I think we're all coming home with our own mice and next stories. <laughs> all right. That was terrifying. That was terrifying. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try and clear my mind from that Channel right away. Yeah. Yeah. I th- are we doing it? I thought we were doing it. I just I rubbed my eyes for a second. I thought. Well, Dan, no? you, yeah, well, you you rubbed you your eyes ch- and summoned Satan. Channeled <laughs> demon. Yeah, you're you're not gonna look back fondly on that when you re-listen. That was scary. Uh, you got demons, my friend. Something's in there, bud. Something's uh, in there. No, Dan, only Zool. Zell. All right. Uh, do you want me to bring you to it? Empty, empty your mind, Zell. Just focus. You're picturing Austin, Texas, a place you've never been. When you're ready, and you get a picture, tell us what you see. I see a red building. It's not it's not just red, it's kind of like a floral floral pattern pattern, maybe a little paisley, the exterior. Is the interior it seems like it seems it seems like it's from a different country. It doesn't seem it's at like the woodwork is ethnic. I would say kind of like resembles a like a Buddhist temple, perhaps the way it's carved. You get the sense beside it. There's an open space. On the right side of the building, it is an open parking lot with a blue sign. I can't make out what that sign says. That's where I went. Hmm. Red building. Paisley. Paisley red. (laughs) Paisley red. With Buddhist Uh, woodwork woodwork on the interior. On the interior, uh, floral. The exterior is like red. Well, hey, I'm not going to fault you. If I, if I was too vague, I'm going to say you were too specific. We'll see if we see <laughs> I anything was, like I that. See, I, I seen it, right? I'll close my eyes, poop, popped right in my eyelids. That's exactly what I'm looking at there. Beside that, there was like well, a blue sign. I couldn't really tell what it said, though. Like in the mm. corner. Hmm. Okay. Well, we, we have a documented of what we're going to see. 
um, you know, chaos in the streets, <laughs> uh, a hotel, Joe Rogan, and uh, some sort of Paisley Indian Buddhist restaurant or something. Indian restaurant. <laughs> and uh, and we're going to be in Austin, so we're going to be on the lookout for these things. Uh, and if we're close, it's one of the things we wanted to do is if we can see um, some of the things we went to, um, that'll be interesting to see. Excited for Austin. It's going to be fun. I'm really friggin' excited. Uh, I can't wait. Some I, Someone was... Someone said uh, in the chat there that we should go cow tipping. Um, that's not real. No one's ever gone cow tipping. Can't fucking tip a cow, man. It's that's it's make believe. It's a hoax. Anyone who's ever said that, liar, liar. You can't sleep on a cow at night. It's never happened. There's not one video. Go find a video online of someone tipping a cow. Challenge, hoax, baby. Um, That being said, you want to try in Austin. But this is the test. Uh, Anyone got access to a farm where we won't get shot? (laughs) Uh, That's probably why people don't do it down there is because you will die. Don't Um, fuck around. Anyways, a little bit shorter case file this week, I think. And then, uh, you know, it's... Holiday for a week, but we got got some bonus stuff lined up while we're gone. Oh, yeah. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. The train just keeps on trucking. But as far as remote, remote viewing, it's a cool topic. It was it was heavily researched. They tell you it fell out of favor. There was it was hard to prove, but maybe they found out more than they they let on. Maybe they're it's it's fascinating to me that they even looked into this kind of stuff and they found people that had some degree of success in it. Because like if you would have told me on face value, like this is something where I'd be like, meh. And then when you're like, oh well, these people you know had some success, and I'm so going. When, when you start looking into it, you're like, well, that's kind of interesting. That's kind of starts to pique my interest. And especially when you start pairing it with ideas like the Akashic Records and stuff like that, I start to think that maybe this concept is not all that sh- strange at all. Like, to be honest, like if you, if, if I'm comparing this remote viewing to sudden savant syndrome and I didn't know about either, I would say, and they'd be like, one's real. I would go, re- I would go, well, remote viewing's 100% real because no one's becoming a fucking Picasso out of the blue without practice. But that happens. People, you know, get these unbelievable know, talents. My kids' pictures are pretty close, man. Yeah, but like mu- uh, musical- <laughs> eyeballs and shit everywhere. Musical talents and, and abilities in math, like mathematics and stuff that they never had before. Uh, languages, like- uh, People that happens to people, so I'm like that. To me, sounds seems more far fetched than someone being able to project their consciousness somewhere to see areas that they're not in. And we know that sudden savant syndrome is a real thing. It happens to people, and we know people. Some people remote view with some degree of success. So it's to me, if, if this is something you can train. Uh, focus in. Maybe we've just lost touch with that ability, or maybe some of the times where you're just daydreaming and shit, you are doing just that. You are remote viewing somewhere, another time realm, dimension. Maybe that's what dreams are. I have no idea. It's all crazy. It's all fun. Yeah. <clears throat> we'll give an update when we're back from Austin if we find anything. All right. Who's this week's theorite of the week? Uh, oh, I guess I'm announcing it. Uh, this week, uh, we wanted to do it this week because we're heading to Austin. 
uh, our good buddy, Thunder Buddy, uh, sent old Sleazy B a pair of shit kickers. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have them handy? Uh, uh, no, they're packed in my... Well, the we'll, embarrassing we'll thing about these is they're they're nice, off, like off-white, love them. Uh, they're phenomenal. The problem is, is they're too big and with the amount of baggage... <laughs> you got to wear them down. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to wear them in the airport. <laughs> Uh, because I don't have enough room in my bag for all the gear and stuff. And I was like, I was like looking at it tonight and I'm like, God damn, I'm going to have to pack my runners and wear the cowboy boots through the airport. And I'm looking like, I'm going to look like the biggest dork in the world wearing sweatpants and cow shit kickers walking through, Amazing. The, walking through. And they're like, he's, he must have big feet. Cause they're, they're too big on me. Got to wear a and couple I, extra pairs of socks. Yeah. Oh yeah. They're going to be uncomfortable, but. I'll be new boots scooting uh, all over Austin, Texas, thanks to Thunder Buddy. So uh, I'll be wearing those to the to the bar meetup, the uh, or the pub crawl. The pair of Daisy Dukes and the Austin yeah. three sixteen. Yeah, I'll be wearing all my finest denim. <laughs> I can't wait for you to get so. pulled aside by the airport security wearing those cowboy yeah. <laughs> cowboy boots. Well, and just wait till he has interactions with the bouncers again. <laughs> It'll be fantastic. <laughs> I'll, I'll fit we'll right switch in. A different bar every night. Yeah, that's well, we will be. So that's going to work out yeah, for us. Good. <laughs> that was planned. Yeah, I'm yeah it's not. It's, it's, we're not yeah. doing that. We're doing that because I'm a liability. This is true. And it's if we go to the, the same place twice, we may be murdered. It's also why we're having to do a bar <laughs> crawl because even one bar is not going to be enough for one night. It's going to be about 45 minutes and then take a hike. Yeah, absolutely. All right. This week. The beauties supporting the show, head, they headed over to aliontheorist.com. They clicked the Patreon link. They're getting early access, bonus stuff. You should do the same. And those beauties this week are Stephen Witzel. Oh, I like this advertising. This is well played. A pledge by the Crime Tree Podcast. Well played. Hey, go check them out. Like they check they them deserve out. it. Why not? Henny... Wizenant? I'll say it. I think so. And Chromie Hollywood. Great name. That's, that's a good name. Those are the newest supporters of the show. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. And as we always say at the end of these things, keep those eyes on the skies. See you in Austin. <laughs>